Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. We're so pleased to have in our virtual studio today, Mr. Paul Richmond, the founder of Energize the Champion in You and the Whole Philosophy. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Darrell. Excellent, excellent. So, Paul, if you could, could you share with our audience um, a little bit about your education and background? Uh, I graduated from the University of Charleston with a degree in business, uh, played college golf. I, I was going to take the track of, well, being the next greatest pro golfer, but obviously I'm here, so that didn't work out the, the way we had planned. And uh, I was in finance for about two years and realized I just wanted to do something more, serving others, helping others. And a colleague talked me into going back for my master's in education. So I have a degree in, in education from Elmira College. And I've been teaching 23 years and been coaching almost as long. And well, the rest is literally history. All right. So we had the pleasure of meeting at a recent event at Seton Hall University for the high school entrepreneur contest, where one of your students, Ian Applebacher, and an Elmira, New York senior attending Horsehead High School, was awarded first place for his product called Sweet Cleats. And that's when I got to meet you and found out that you're the director of this new visions program. Very exciting. Tell us about the new visions Academy model. The new visions model in general is from state ed from New York. Uh, we have 37 BOCES vocational schools in our state that serve oh, must be several hundred school districts. So our local BOCES, uh, we serve, 10, 15 school districts, and we go around and we recruit students when they're juniors. We, they apply, they're interviewed, and then we pick the top students for our honors academy. So our new visions model, we have three courses. We have health careers, we have human services and education, and we have innovation, leadership, and business, which is my class. So if a student's selected, they spend half the day at their home district school and they spend half the day with us. And how many years is this throughout the, their four years in high school? Is it just their senior year? It's just their senior year. And how are the students selected? Did, what's the application process? So we have several criteria. The first criteria is they have to have an 85 average in school. Then we look into how challenging they, they make their schedules. And then they uh, write two essays, they get three letters of recommendation. And then the, the, my most, my favorite part of the process is we interview each and every applicant before we decide who's selected. And uh, how many students do you select? I mean, how many students are in the program every year? Each, each of our three classes within the academy model have 24 students. So we, have, we each have 12 students that come in the morning, and then they go back to their home district. And then in the afternoon session, we have 12 more students that come. So total of 72 for the year, 36 a.m., 36 p.m. Wow. And so when you think about the interview process, how, how many students do you, do you interview and how many, unfortunately, are not selected? <laughs> Last year, for the 72 students, we had over 100 students apply. 
And it's a very challenging process because these are the best of our area. Uh, and when they interview, we want to take them all. Uh, so after the process, it's, it's tough, you know, picking who we want and who we don't want. I know what I do personally when there's so much more to education and learning and being a leader than just getting good grades in school. So the interview process is such a valuable way to see how they interact and see how they answer questions. You know, see if they go above and beyond with the questioning and mostly just see if they're ready to step outside their comfort zone and have a great experience. And so tell us about a typical day uh, in this program. Um, what, what do they do in, the, in, in, in your segment, the business segment? Okay. Well, I, I, I laugh a little. I apologize because we get asked that a lot and there's kind of no typical day. That's what makes it great. So uh, in a nutshell, the, the students come here and they get 12 college credits through our local community college and they get their senior social studies requirement out of the way. So we have an entrepreneurship textbook that we use. Uh, and then they go on eight weeks of field experiences throughout the year. Uh, we call them rotations. So I try personally throughout the year to talk them out of what they think they want to do for the rest of their life because I get a giggle inside every time a 17, 18 year old student tells me they've got it all figured out. Uh, that's a huge red flag. Uh, and, and maybe they do. And that's a great thing if, if at the end of the year they've assured themselves they want to pursue said career. But uh, there's so many things students don't even realize are out there. Uh, Part of the process that, you know, accountants might spend some time with accountants, engineers will spend time with engineers, actuaries with actuaries, I mean, marketing with marketing, we go on and on, but we do a lot of things with our, our local community as well. We have an agency in Elmira called the Elmira Downtown Development, and the students actually uh, do projects there. So at the end of the year, not only are they going on eight weeks of field experiences, they uh, are technically interns of, of a local downtown agency. Wow. Uh, if one other thing we do is, as I have a, a friend that promotes shows throughout the country and he gives each of my classes money to promote a show at our local 1600 seat theater. This year, we're actually bringing the Oak Ridge boys to town and they run the show start to finish. And if the show makes money, they pass. If the show loses money, they fail and luckily don't have to pay the entrepreneur the money back. Wow. But they fail. Well, we well we hope well. I say they fail. Uh, <laughs> there's so many criteria. I mean, they go to sponsorship meetings and they set ticket prices and they sure. they don't really fail. Like I kind of just scare them with that. It's, scare it's more scare, of the, scare like daylight out of them. <laughs> you know, you have these you have these kids that are used to getting nineties and eighties and right. something that's out of their control. But but the point is, they after the whole process, they understand what I mean. Right. How long has this program been, uh, been around? That's a good question. Uh, and I found that out. So I've taught in the field of education for 25 or 23 years. I've been at New Visions for five years. Uh, this program has been around from approx for approximately 20 something years, 21 years, 1998, I believe is when state ed came out with the process. And like I said, every BOCES, Every vocational school in the state does it a little different. We, we met with some New Visions teachers from Albany a few years ago, and they had their programs. Oftentimes, the students meet in a law office or in a hospital. Uh, we're the only academy model that's been around 21 years that operates where the, the kids meet in a classroom setting, then go out into the real world, and then oftentimes meet up for projects together. 
hope that so, makes sense. So it does. So I guess it was very rewarding for you to see your, your student, uh, Ian Applebacher, to not only present, but to win. And it, it, was, it was surreal. Uh, so my wife's actually a school counselor, and, and she sends me links and ideas she gets all the time. And she, says, hey, she goes, hey, there's this entrepreneur project for Seton Hall University. And so the next day, I mean, that's the flexibility we have. Every student's filling that form out with their next great idea. And a lot of times with national contests or international in this case, you never hear from anybody again. So when Ian texts me several weeks ago and says, hey, I'm a top 10 finalist. I was like, what? That's incredible. Uh, when, we, when are we going? You know, and, and so he was so happy to go down there. Uh, his direct quote to me was, it sort of feels like a TED talk. I've got the speaker on my head. <laughs> you know, I'm out there pitching. And, you know, uh, when his name was called to win the whole thing, it, it was just unbelievable. And, and since he's been back in our classroom, the kids have been given a lot of, of, of accolades for it. And it's really been a boost for our program that you just never know if you put something out there, what may happen. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and so this program, as you said, was started some 20 years ago. Do you find that other states are doing something similar or have they inquired about your program? Because you know, uh, I, I, I haven't heard of a program like this, and I, I thought it was very intriguing and, and very exciting. I, I've had some friends that teach in Pennsylvania that have inquired about it, and, and a school district in Pennsylvania that have inquired about it. Uh, it's, it's kind of standalone. My colleagues and I, my two colleagues and I, Kelly Smith and Beth Woodard, we, we keep thinking we should write something about this or, or, or put this out on the internet that, or, or on a website that this program's out there. Sometimes we actually battle it within our own local school districts that when, when students apply for this program, they get a lot of pullback from traditional classroom teachers because they're losing some of their best students. And it's like, hey, you know, you're going to miss out on a couple extra college credits or you're not going to challenge yourself or your, your class ranking may falter because of being in New Visions. And, and I get that, and there's the pressures behind that. But I, I think what people miss out on is, is our BOCES, our vocational program in New York State's bursting at the seams. And this type of CTE program, Career Technical Educational Program, that was started for honor students is starting to really explode just in the five years I got here. Students want to do something else besides sit in the classroom. Not that there's not a time and place for that, and, and they still get to do that half the day with us, but just to see their their eyes light up when I, I tell them about the next project or to see their eyes light up when all of a sudden our calendar changes 180 degrees because of a new project that's come our way. And then most, the best part about it all is to see the parents uh, interact with me where most of the time when, when a student's a senior, the, the, the parents have checked out and it's, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just, they know they're on to the next, next event. And so we're surprised no one else has reached out. Uh, in a way, it's it's awesome for us. We're so busy and we have so much passion with what we do. I don't know if we'd have time to do it, but but of course we'd have time to do it if, if people did reach out. And so when you when you think about it, something that you said triggered in, in, in my mind is that if you were to do a write a research paper in regard to the success of the students who've come through the program and what are they doing now? You know. We talk about that in the interviews, and when we actually go to each of the high schools to recruit kids, 
and the, all the school counselors picked who they think would be interested. And then they talked to us about it. And one thing my two colleagues and I talk about, we have about 96-ish, I mean, those aren't scientific statistics, but almost every student that comes to New Visions goes to school and graduates within four years of college where I think I read once, it's only about 25% of kids that finish in four years. And I think the biggest factor isn't because of their intelligence. It's the emotional intelligence of not knowing what you wanna do. It's changing majors, it's finding yourself, it's transferring to said secondary institution. So I think the fact that they have a whole year to explore countless avenues of, of what they might wanna do is priceless. And it's especially priceless if they're the ones paying their bill for college someday. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and so when when you think about um, you talked about the criteria earlier, and and you felt that the interview was very strong. Um, what type of balance of personalities? Because you talked about emotional intelligence as well. <clears throat> what type of balance of personalities do you do you select for the twenty four that you have? Uh, there's there's no said new vision student but but i guess if i'm understanding the question correctly the balance we want is we want students that aren't afraid to fail we want students that aren't afraid to be vulnerable in a situation we want students that are willing to try new things and the tough part about some of the applicants we get they're very intelligent they're also intelligent but you can see They've almost been brainwashed in a sense to, to stay right in their little avenue and, 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 and pursue their career. And then in college, they find out, wow, maybe I should go direction B or C. So we actually try to find the students that, that maybe have that figured out in high school. Yeah. And, 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 and let me give you a little bit more clarity on that. <clears throat> in the uh, sales professional sales course that I teach along with my colleague, John Hoffman, we focus one aspect of the course on how to deal with people, different personality types. So you have your person who's your, your driver. You have your person who is amicable. You have your person who's analytical. You have your person who is expressive. And along with those four different types of people, there's different characteristics that, that you have to deal with in regards to each of those personalities. And what we try to do is to get our students first of all to self-recognize which style they are and what are their what what is what you know what is their attributes, but also when you look at the attributes of another person, you know how do you address that, uh, address them in a, in a way where it's it's always a very constructive conversation versus you know um, people butting heads so to speak. You know that make that makes sense. We asked several interview questions, and one of the questions is, if you're working on a group project or if you plan a sports team, what role do you assume? And a lot of kids say, I assume the leader or people follow me. And it's tough when they come into New Visions if we select too many assertive people like that. They want to butt heads on every project. Uh, it's not like the typical classroom where if you sign a group, you have four people working and one person's doing all the work, one person's happy they're in the group with the person doing all the work, and then the other two follow along. Uh, so we, one of our college courses we teach is called First Year Experience, and most schools are similar to that. And we teach that here at New Visions, and we try to have each student identify with that. So I guess to, to answer your question, in the interview process, we get a lot of applicants 
that have that type A personality and, and have that, I'm going to go get them and take charge. And the soft skills we teach in this class are priceless in the effect that sometimes you back off or you let somebody with set expertise take over and you listen and you learn. I always tell them you have two ears for a reason and only one mouth, right? Uh, but sometimes, again, that falls on the deaf ears of high school students. Well, before we, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Paul Richmond, the founder of Energize the Champion in You and the Whole Philosophy. Before we, we depart the topic of New Visions Academy model and talk about Energize the Champion in You and the Whole Philosophy, is there any other uh, items you want to share with our audience about the uh, New Vision program? No, just that I, I wish maybe you're going to give me uh, the, the incentive and the, the push to, to publish something about this uh, after I check with my, my administrators, of course. But we actually love what we're doing. Uh, my three colleagues and I work harder than we've ever worked before. But when you find a passion in something and you're seeing the kids make all these connections in the real world and going to college with 100 plus LinkedIn connections and and having a good idea of what a said profession is before they dive into it for four years. I mean, I think that's awesome. <clears throat> we had a conversation uh, when, we, when we first met about uh, your students being on LinkedIn. And uh, one of the challenges that I see here at, at Seton Hall is getting our students to really have a LinkedIn profile and understand the benefits of that. So that was very, very impressive. telling them it's like your modern day Rolodex and they had no idea what I was talking about of course so we call it an electronic Rolodex just to make it sound hip but uh, I've had college students come back and say you're not gonna believe what happened my professor wants me to interview an entrepreneur and all my friends are freaking out and I just went through my connections list and, and talked to this guy I spent a week with or this woman I spent a week with and we did it all on LinkedIn I never had haven't I never even had to make a phone call or meet somebody and it's, it's priceless, but what I do say with the LinkedIn is the kids start getting into, what can this person do for me? And what can this person do for me? And I, I remind them every day that you have to, at some point, create value back to somebody else as well. And so that's what we battle with sometimes. It's, it's not how many connections slash friends can I have? It's how many people of value can, can you help out and can they help you in return? Right, exactly, exactly. That's, that is an excellent lesson. So let's talk about energize the champion in you and the whole philosophy, which is capital W period, capital H period, capital O period, capital L period, capital E period, philosophy. So let's talk about that because um, I went through your website and I was getting motivated just going through your website. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, it's something I started just this past year. Uh, both my kids are in college now and I'm done as being the travel dad parent and I still coach high school sports and I coach college golf about a hundred years ago, it seems. And I've always had people say, you know, I'm around you and I, I feel energized to do stuff or I, I appreciate you letting me take that chance or helping me and realizing risk taking is okay. And I was scribbling some stuff down and it's sort of an acronym I live by. The whole philosophy is, is I believe there's five pillars in your life if you want to be a complete person and, and you need to focus on your wellness and your health and it creates opportunity and, and helps promote the lifestyle you want to live and you have to continually educate yourself and be a lifelong learner uh 
and it doesn't mean I have the answers to all that, all those, all those pillars, but I realize at some points in your life, you need to focus on one of those categories, maybe more so than others. And if you can recognize that, I, I feel you have more balance and I, I feel you're not afraid to worry what others think or be judged about. And you're ready to just go take risks and step outside your comfort zone. And again, that's coming from uh, the standpoint I'm dealing with high school kids that oftentimes do not want to do any of those above things or recognize that. Uh, I always laugh. I'm a 47-year-old person. And if I complain to my students about my problems, they have no idea their problems. And they do the same thing to me. And sometimes us adults forget about all the pressures they're under. So if you can give them some sort of basis to go by, uh, I feel it helps. Uh, we'll see where it goes. It's, it's new, but I've had a lot of great feedback and, and I'm excited about it. And so is this coaching one-on-one, team coaching via the, the internet? Um, how does one work with you? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's an infant in the process per se. Uh, I basically utilize it with the teams I coach in high school and I utilize it with my students in the classroom. Uh, I have received some feedback from people and, and we've talked about things online. Uh, and to be completely honest with you, I'm not quite sure how it's going. I, I just was putting something down online to get it out there. And, and the best part, it's, it's helped my students and my athletes. Well, it's working. <laughs> I appreciate that. So let's talk about the whole philosophy. Um, walk us through, I know you just did a quick one, but let's talk about the whole philosophy and, and, and how do you uh, do intake with someone and then start to help them to apply this philosophy? Okay, well, a lot of times I'll have athletes or students that come in that uh, we preach to each other and we communicate. And, and, and one thing I do is I'm vulnerable with them too. I'm not perfect. And uh, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, when I was coaching varsity volleyball this fall, I, I tell the team how we have to control the things we can control. You know, I can insert cl coaching cliche here. And after one of our sets we lost, I came over to the huddle just irate about stuff. And, and, and I'm a big John Gordon fan, the, the author. And uh, the students, we empty our cups when we're upset. And so they just look at me and go, Coach, you know, you're not doing that well right now. And it's very unhealthy to be so negative to us. You have to empty your cup. And all the team starts laughing. And I look at them and I'm so that I want to be called out if I'm going to call them out. And I really feel that two-way communication helps us continue to educate ourselves, helps us achieve our common goals, and helps us keep a healthy relationship, whether it's student-teacher or whether it's athlete-coach. And I feel a lot of that's missing in society. And I'm not here to solve it all. I'm just kind of doing it on my own little microcosm. There you go. And so that particular incident, what, what, what happened? Um, how, I mean, how did you respond and uh, how did the team respond to your response? I took a deep breath because it's like I always tell them, they had me on that one. You know, I, 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 it's easy to, to preach one thing and, and, and not be the example you're trying to promote. And I said, all right, you got me. And I did our little metaphorical emptying of the cup with my hands. And then I took a deep breath and we put it behind us and went out there and, and just blistered the team in the next set. So that's to my next point that, that we're in this together. And it's, it's actually, uh, I don't know if we're going to get to this later. Uh, uh, one of my favorite books is called the, the culture code. Well, let's talk about it. 
All right. Well, one of my favorite books is The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. And he basically says to be a leader and to be a great teammate, you have to foster three things. Safety, and you have to be vulnerable with one another and share your weaknesses. But the, and then when you use those two things, you establish a common purpose and goal. And when you're in a varsity sport, amongst all other things, or when you're in a classroom, you want to be successful. You want to achieve your goals. And you realize it doesn't always happen. But if you're working on those things together, you're going to be more successful. Uh, I mean, how's it always go? If if you have a positive attitude, it's not always a Disney ending where, where the good team wins or the right team wins or, or the Prince and Princess get together. But if you have a negative attitude, that almost never happens. So so that's what we try to utilize. I, I try to create the culture in my book, The Culture Code. And a big thing of it for me, which I think a lot of us adults don't do, is share vulnerability with our students. And we're after and when you share that vulnerability with the students, it's, it's that you're demonstrating that you trust them. You trust the relationship that they can um, handle it in the right way versus, let's say, make fun of it. Yes. Well, that's 100 percent right. And, you know, that goes to all of those other underlying themes that you have to hold people accountable, just like they held me accountable in that that huddle when when I wasn't practicing what I preached. So there's days, there are students and they're athletes. And I never hold a grudge with a, another single human being, period. And sometimes we just have to empty that cup and, and move forward. But if you don't trust and if you don't have that accountability and you're not willing to share, I mean, if I wanted to be a, a dictator or, or very draconian in a sense in the classroom or as a coach, there's plenty of examples in the world where that's successful. Uh, but I often ask myself, and this is non-research based, but how good maybe could they have been if they were the other way and, right. and, util, and utilized all that? And, and again, that's, that's an untangible and you can't measure mm-hmm. that happen. But I just, maybe it's society, maybe it's the times you get much more out of people when you trust them and share with them and you hold each other accountable. You know, you seem to be a very moral and ethic leader. And I'd like to ask your, your opinion about, I'd like to ask you a question on, uh, about a particular topic. Back okay. in 2016, on the cover of The Economist, they talked about the title of the, the article was, Yes, I Lied to You. And I, I teach at Seton Hall as well, and, 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 and I talk about this. Um, what are your thoughts in regards to how you're, you're building these new leaders in regards to morals and ethics and being truthful? Uh, again, it's the, the truth's always best. Uh, the truth is doing the right thing when no one's looking, right? We could get into all that, but I do use a phrase with my students and with my athletes where there are gray areas and things. And we have discussions, we meet in classrooms, whether we're on an athletic field or a court or literally in the classroom. And we, the, the kids always ask, but what about this? Or can you steal a car, but you, it, it's not good to steal a car, but you can steal a pack of gum. Should they have the same offense to a crime, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, I, I go back to the standard test of what would a little kid say? And if you think about what a, a five-year-old or six-year-old says about it, any situation, they kind of take that gray area that us intellectual adults. There's definitely a right and wrong. And you can use the phrase, go with your gut, what could a five-year-old do? Uh, But I try to do the right thing in those regards, yes. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Believe it or not, we are winding down to the end of our time together. Time flies when we're having fun. What, what, you know, first of all, I'd like for you to give people your website where they, they can contact you. Okay. And um, what final thoughts would you like to leave with our guests about leadership? Uh, leadership to me is about working as hard as you want others to work. Literally be the example. Uh, but when you do all that, it means sometimes you're going to fail as well. Uh, but a good leader is going to learn from that failure and, and move on. And over time, if you have more successes and failures, I guess you're a good leader. Excellent. Excellent. And, and uh, what is your website? Okay, my website is www.richmondetc.com, R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D-E-T-C.com. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have had a pleasure talking with Mr. Paul Richmond, the founder of Energize the Champion in You and the Whole Philosophy. I encourage you to go to his website. And he is also a teacher at the New Visions Academy uh, model, which is in Elmira, New York. Correct. Paul, thank you for coming on the program. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, we have to have you come back to talk about more about your, your students in the future. Anytime. Name the time I'll be here. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. We want to wish you a very great weekend. But remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.